Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. Uh, with a show of hands, how many of you like starting the new year? Anybody? No, I, I like, I don't know what it is about a new year, but I feel, I feel like it's a chance to recalibrate. You know, for me, uh, I'm a bit of a goal setter. Maybe some of you are too. And so 2020, a new year like 2021 always gives me sort of a chance to say, okay, what do I want to do this year? What do, how do I want to grow this year? One of my goals this year is to have more fun. Uh, what do you think of that goal? So be, be wary, church, because we're going to have more fun. Um, I feel like it's a do-over, and today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a do-over, how uh, it's, it's interesting for the last you know, several weeks we've been making our way through Romans, and uh, uh, today we find ourselves in chapter 5, and we're just going to unpack two verses today, and, and as I was driving over here to our campus this, this, uh, this morning, I was thinking, wow, it's, God's timing is always perfect, and the two verses that we're going to look at today really I think coincide with the beginning of a new year, uh, so uh, keep that in mind. But here's sort of the theme of our conversation today, the, the big idea. So hopefully by today, some of you will be smiling a little bit bigger than, than you are right now. But I want you to just really think about 2021. When you think, in spite of what 2020 looked like for a lot of people, and, and for a lot of people, it was a cruddy year. Uh, and you know, the, our world is like, it's almost imploding. People are fearful, and uh, you, certainly you guys aren't because you're here uh, on, on our campus together. But 2021, what I really want you to think about, I think God's desire for you and God's desire for me and God's desire for our church is that he wants to live our life with confidence and joy. So let that sink in. God wants you to live your life with confidence and joy. So what does that look like for you? So as you begin to think about 2021, and I would encourage you this week to, to find, find some time to sort of think about goals. Like, what does God want for me in 2021? What, if, if, if 2021 was going to be a banner year, a great year, a celebration year, what would that look like? And, and, and if, if I was going to live it with confidence and joy, what would that look like? So that's what we're going to kind of unpack a little bit today. And, and uh, so if you have a Bible... Uh, I guess the first question to ask yourself is, am I living my life with confidence and joy? And if not, uh, I want to. In fact, let's just ask God right now. Let's just pause for prayer. Let me just say a prayer. Okay. Lord, today as we gather as a church family, both here on campus and around the globe, people tuning in online, we ask that today that you would do something in our heart, in our spirit, that if there's a lack of confidence, that as a result of our conversation, in these next several minutes, that you would give us confidence. And for those who maybe be, might be feeling a lack of joy, I pray, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit in our conversation today, that you would replace it with joy. Lord, I, I'm committed to the text today and the belief that you want me, you want us to live our lives with confidence and joy, but on our own, we can't do that. And so we pray that you would help us, even in this hour, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Okay, grab your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at just two verses today. Uh, we're going to read them over and over and over again. And therefore, 
Now, by the way, if you ever see this word, therefore, you always ask one question. When you ever see a word, therefore, at the beginning of a sentence, <clears throat> what question should you ask? What is it there for? So right away we see therefore, so this is really important. So therefore, Paul the Bible writer says, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Therefore, so in other words, everything he said up to this point, the first four chapters of Romans, he's going, therefore, as a result of, in, con in conclusion, the final results are in, therefore, since we've been made right in God by faith, we have peace. When you, when you analyze your own life, how many of you would say your life is characterized by peace right now? What's, not, what's lacking in our world these days? Peace, man. People are angst, you know. Therefore, he says, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Church, if, if, if we're going to be made right, what does that suggest? If, if, if you're going to be made right, it, it, it sort of suggests that before you can be made right, something's what? Wrong, right? Before something can be fixed, it has to first be broken. Before something is recalibrated or calibrated, it has to be awry. It has to be out of sync. It has to be not right, not working correctly. And so he says, therefore, since we've been made right, that we can assume that prior to chapter 5, we have been wrong. We've been out of balance. What makes us out of balance? It's a simple word. It's a three-letter word. It begins with S and ends with N. What's it, what is it? Sin. Like if I lie to Robin, my wife, is that going to create intimacy or distrust? If I scream at my kids and, and, and yell cuss words at them in anger, is that going to cause them to want to spend time with good old dad or Let's get that. Let's get out of here. Right? Sin destroys. Sin, sin causes chaos. Sin causes things to be awry. And, 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 and if you know anything about Paul, he's saying, you know, it, he uses this word therefore. And so he's saying this, this behavior that you've been, been living, he says it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make you right with God. What makes you right with God is, is faith. Now, who's Paul writing to here? You remember? He's writing to Christians who are living in the city of Rome, a group of believers who are living basically in this, um, this sin of this, it's Los Angeles, basically. He's, living to, he's writing to a group of Christians who are living in Los Angeles with all its you know, fun and, and flavors and stuff, and and he's and it's hard to live when you're it's hard to live in Los Angeles. It's hard to live in Las Vegas because there's lots of temptation. And 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 he's writing to these group of Jews who are now Christians. They've been saved through their faith in Jesus. And if if you know anything about the Jewish people, how did they prior to Jesus coming along, how did they try to be made right with, with God? What did they do? Do you remember? The law, right? They followed the Ten Commandments. If if I can just follow the Ten Commandments, then maybe God will make me right, then maybe God will mend my relationship 
with him. And so Paul tells us in these first four, four chapters as we've been talking about, he keeps reemphasizing re over and over and over again that works can't make us right. No matter how much you, you try to follow the law or obey your parents, so to speak, Colin Hunter, you're going to blow it once in a while, right? And we all have parents, and we all, I got frustrated with my mom this week. Can you believe that? And maybe you did too with your parents. We just, we just fall down. Paul says, that can't make us right. It's by faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. So what did Jesus do? This is important. Jesus did what to make us right? He died on the cross, right? He, he, he shed his blood on the cross for your sins and mine. And Paul says, basically, he paid the ransom so that I might be set free. So when I put my faith in Jesus, when I ask Jesus to forgive my sins because of Jesus' action on the cross, not because of my good life, not because of my good deeds, not because whether I obey my parents or not, or treat all of you guys with kindness. Paul says it's by faith that God will forgive me. And because of Jesus, God no longer holds my sins against me and he gives me a clean slate. And he says, therefore, when you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus will give your heart filled with, what's that word? Peace. Have you ever experienced peace? Anybody know what it feels like to pay off a car loan? I call that peace. We haven't, we're a long way off from paying off our house and home mortgage, but maybe some of you have. And when I hear, when people tell me, oh, Mike, guess what? I just paid off my mortgage. You know what they're saying? I feel so much peace. Or if you ever had a debt erased. Cole, you probably have a lot of call, you know, school debt right now, right? There's going to be a day when that school debt, and maybe mom and dad are feeling the paying the bill i don't know but they're gonna feel somebody's gonna feel peace all <laughs> right when when that debt is erased and that's what paul was saying you can you can do all the right things but the only thing that's going to really free us from this debt is, is jesus and therefore when we put our faith in jesus we will experience peace and it feels good it feels it feels you know energizing and peace as the bible says there's a there's a the saying in scripture that i experienced this past week that there's a peace that passes all understanding. There's a peace that passes, that defies logic. Like how can I be in such chaos right now and yet experience incredible peace? Well, that's Jesus. And that's what Paul's talking about here. So if you're, if you're carrying a load today, and most of us are, most of us have responsibilities, whether it be work or relationships or you know, um, you know, goals that we're trying to achieve, um, just be reminded of this truth that God wants us to live our lives with confidence and joy. And so if you're not feeling peace, just stop and just go, Lord, fill my heart with peace because I know that that's what you want for me. And that's what a relationship with Jesus offers us. He offers us peace. So could anybody use a dose of peace today? So let's just, let's just take a stop and just throw up an arrow prayer. So hands open, like God's going to receive us, and just say in your heart, Holy Spirit, please fill my heart today with your, with your peace. Maybe you're concerned about a friend. Maybe you're concerned about me. I'm going to be sharing some things today about my week. And maybe you're like burdened down by that. Don't be burdened down. Just say, God, fill my heart today with peace. Good. Therefore, Paul says, since we've been made right with God in God's sight by faith, not works, by faith we have peace. With God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So let's get to the elephant in the room. Most of you know this past week, 
my 85-year-old dad, he died. Now, a week ago, if you saw the broadcast, he had contracted COVID, they thought, was having a hard time breathing. When you're 85 years old and you've got heart disease and struggled a little bit with diabetes, and you're 85 years old, crying out loud, breathing is important. So they rushed him to the Veterans Hospital in Long Beach. My dad's a veteran of the Army, where they're familiar with his, I've shared this last week, I think, they're you know, familiar with his medical history. So he goes in, and they tell us the news, your dad's about ready to buy the farm, which is in farmer Midwest technology or uh, terminology, you're about to die, right? about ready to push daisies. So some, if you want to see him, you should probably come down. So my brother and my, my mom, they go down, and they put on the astronaut suit that they, they give you when you go in. And, and uh, they say their goodbyes, and we're now expecting a phone call. And the next phone call we get is, hey, something's shifted. Your dad's okay. We don't quite understand it. We didn't put him on a respirator. We didn't get him, give him any kind of remdesivir, which is the COVID you know, stuff that they shoot you up with. He's, we've given him a little bit of morphine, and I don't know, but he, we're sending him home. So he gets back to the, to the home, and, and they said he doesn't, in fact, the, the, yesterday they told us he, doesn't have, he did not have COVID when he died. And he did not have pneumonia when he died. He just died. So we're thinking like, that guy is, a, my uncle Myron says he's a tough old bird. My dad's one tough old bird. Obviously, he still wanted to be around. So a week goes by, and then on Tuesday, I get a phone call from the villa saying, uh, we've had another shift, we think, or my mom calls me. She said, Mike, uh, the villa just called. Dad's not doing so good. Do you want to see him? And my first thought was, he's going to be around for a while. I got a couple of important meetings with my board. I don't really want to. And then I thought, no, Mom, you go. I, you know, I'm okay. And then I thought, what am I thinking? You, you, know, you goofball. I've been, I leave everything for everybody else. I should take a moment to, to, to go be with my dad. So good decision. So I, I jump in the car, drive up to La Habra, put on the astronaut suit. I mean, have you ever done, put on an astronaut suit? It's, it's, it's like, seriously, they, they cover your feet, and they got all the stuff on your gown, and you got things on your head, and you got a mask, that N, N, what is it, N95 or N93 mask, and then there's another mask, and then they put another mask on, and it's just, everything's fogging up because you can't breathe, you know, and it's just like, you know, kind of huddle into the room. And he doesn't even have COVID, but it's their precaution for their people and their precaution for us, and it's just everybody's just overly cautious, and I'm grateful for that. So we go in, and, we, and uh, I begin to feel, experience something I've never experienced before in my life. And I've been a pastor for almost 40 years now. I've, I've walked with people in their darkest hour, and yet for me, this was different. And I, I said to my mom, I said, Mom, what do people do? And I've said this to a few of you already. What do people do without Jesus in their life? For us, there was a sense of peace. You know, to know that, that Dad was going, he had another home. I mean, this is just, by the way, practice. You know that, right? This life that we're living right now, it's just practice. And so stop living so cautiously. God wants us to live with, with confidence and joy. So when you think about this new year and this new recalibration and, and you know, where, what you want to do this year, take some risks. I want to have more fun. You know, I, I shared a Christmas broadcast. You know, we're going to take, I'm going on the record for the second time, we're going to take swing Dan lessons. Because um, I got rhythm, man. I need, to, I need to break it out. Have fun. Live your life with confidence and joy. 
But I'm, I told mom, I said, what do people do? Well, they don't, they don't have joy. They're, they're, they're scared. They're hopeless. They're, and and, and, I, and I, I, to, I told her, I said, I can see why people, they go back and forth on what they want the medical staff to do, right? Like, we were resolute. Dad didn't want anything heroics. You know, what? And I, I, I would find myself teaching these nurses, you know, the staff. I said, you guys, there's this balance between heroics and humane. Heroics is sticking a food tube down your throat. We don't want that. But if, if he's got a fever, let's give him some anti antibiotics, right? Let's be humane, but not be heroic. There's a there's the quality of life and there's a sanctity of life. And, and but in the midst of it, there was a just sense of peace because because we knew Dad knew where he was going and there was confidence. And that's what Paul says. It's verse two. Faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. I'm going to come back to that. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we can confidently and joyfully. God's glory. You know, this word uh, being brought into place of undeserved privilege in, in the Greek language is a, a word called pros. Let me just make sure I look at prosagogi. Prosagogi. That's how it's pronounced. Prosagogi. And there's really two images that, that go with it. The, the first image uh, within the Greek language and the understanding of the Greek is of a child of a king. Now, think about this. Let's put it in the, in the context of, of the president of the United States, since we're here in the States. If, you're, if your dad is the president of the United States, you pretty much have access to, the, to him. I mean, if you want to go see dad, you, you can go see him. And it doesn't really matter whether you're dressed up or it, whether you're in your pajamas. You have access to him. Now, if we got a phone call and said, hey, uh, President Trump, our current president, wants to meet with you, what would most of us do? Probably take a shower, brush our teeth, comb our hair. Man, you'd probably find a suit to wear out of respect for the, for the position. Ladies, you'd get a nice dress. You'd pull out your, your best jewelry. We would try to look like we were going to go out of respect and honor for the person. But if you're the child of, of pre the president, he didn't care what you look like. He'd come on in. Come on into the Oval Office right? because you're a child of the king. And that's what Paul says here, as of my faith. We're the child of the king, and he reminds us that we have access, complete, undeserved privilege to be in the presence of God the Father because of faith. And that should give us reason to live our life with confidence and joy, knowing that the Father's going to welcome us, knowing that the Father's going to listen to us and, and do his best to, to fulfill our desires, not because of what we've done, not because of works, but therefore because of what Jesus has done, because of faith. So that's one image of this word prosagogi. The, the second image that the, the Greek language uh, emphasizes here, that Paul is trying to emphasize, is that of a ship in harbor. Why do ships go into harbor? What do they want there? Safety, security, to get out of the storm, right? The winds are blowing, the waves are, but you get into that, the safety of the harbor, you go down here to, you know, Newport Beach, and they got all these, you know, rock jetties and stuff. Once you get past those rock jetties and you start coming into Corona Del Mar, the water gets calm, it gets peaceful. People aren't blowing groceries, right? You know what I mean by that, chummy? There's, there's calm. And Paul says, listen, you have, un, not only do you have this undeserved access to the king, but you can also find peace. You can find safety. One more, one more story, and then I'll take the final story. 
if you were a Jew in Jewish days, before the, the time of Jesus, if you wanted to, to, to gain access to, the, to Jesus, to God, and there, do you know what you had to do? Where would you go? Anybody know? You'd go to the temple. And I don't know if you've ever seen like diagrams of the temple or not, but the, a temple was basically made of structurally four things. The first thing is there will be this wall around the perimeter of this, this building. Okay? So envision in your mind this wall. This entrance, and there would be a sign at, the, at this entrance. You know what the sign said? If you're a Gentile, this is what it say. If you're a Gentile, if you're not a Jew, and you go past this sign, you will be killed. And then you would go into what was called the outer court or, or the court of women, because that was where the women, the Jewish women, were allowed to get close to, to sort of the, the, there's the outer court, there's the inner court, and then there's the, anybody know? Structure was the Holy of Holies, and that was where only one time a year the high priest would go in on Passover, which is for us Easter, he would do the sacrifice for the sins of the people. Because between the Holy of Holies and the inner court, this veil, this big curtain that separated God from the people. This is key. Separated God from the people. Reminds us that because of our faith in Jesus, we have undeserved privilege. We have access to the Holy of Holies. You know, if you read in, in your Bible, in Luke chapter 23, verse 45, says he gave up his spirit. In Luke 23, verse 25, check it out if you have your Bible or Bible app, it says that the veil was torn between the Holy of Holies and the inner court from top to bottom. And the symbolism of that is important because if, if it's humanity, if we're trying to get from here to God, let's say God's appearing, we're down here, we're going to cut it from bottom to top. But because this, the, the, the veil, at the moment that Jesus gave up you know, kind of his, his last breath and says, it is finished and the price has been paid and, and this, this, this barrier that exists between God and, and, and humanity, the veil was ripped from top to bottom. This, this, this barrier no longer exists. I'm breaking it because of the work of, of my son. Chapter 2, verse 14, Paul writes to, to the Ephesian Christians, he says, Jesus came to, bring, to break down the barrier, this wall that exists between Gentiles and Jews he, bring, he came to bring peace and reconciliation to those who are in antagonistic relationships. Now, why is that important? I want you to think about in your life, are you in any kind of, do you have any antagonistic relationships? Most of us do. Could be with an ex-business partner, could be with an ex-spouse, it could be with a son or daughter. How many of you had an argument on your way to, to church, to the building, right? And then we come in and we put on our church smile and the Lord just, just screaming at each other in the car. It happens. I know because I've been in those cars with other people, with other people. You know, maybe some of you have a wall that exists between you and your parent. Or maybe, maybe some of you have an, a wall between you and your relationship with Jesus. And I, I want you to just say, Jesus, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for your touch on my life this year. Jesus, I'm hungry for your, your, your touch on my life this year, 2021. 
I want to grow closer to you. And so please show me your glory. Please help me to live this year with confidence and joy because I want to grow. And now I want you to just, one last prayer. If there's anybody that you're just in, at odds with, it could be a parent, it could be a neighbor, it could be with somebody here in our church family, it could be a business, whatever, ex-employer, employee, just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, please mend my relationship with fill in the blank. Just bring closure to this feud that we're in. I want 2021 to be unencumbered. I want this wall to be broken because it's not healthy. It's not life-giving, these walls, these barriers. Jesus, I want 2021 to be a year of mending and healing. And so I'm asking you right now in faith that you would bring peace into this relationship. Therefore, Paul says, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, God has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, access to the king. I'm challenging you here to, 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 to do things that you've maybe never done before. I want to love deeper this year. That's one of the things. I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's probably gonna, you're probably going to be the recipients of that love. You know, I want to I, I extend forgiveness more generously than I have. I want to do things and try things I've never done before in 2021. And I would invite you to consider doing the same. So thanks for walking with me and us. And let's just close with one final prayer. Hands open. Heart open. And say, God, I want 2020 to be a year of confidence and joy. Please forgive me for my sin. Please forgive me for my mistakes. I'm doing the best that I can, God. And with your help, I know that I will continue to grow and become the man and the woman that you have designed me to be. So this week, Lord, as I think about goals for 2021, fill my heart and my mind with what is it that you want me to go after? So Lord, finally, I pray, my prayer for our church family is that we would be a, continue to be a generous church. Generous with our love. Generous with our forgiveness. Generous with our affirmation. Generous with our serving hearts. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We would love to get to know you. So download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.